Welcome back to season two finale of The Stack, our not-so-weekly podcast (laughs) where you can get all your tips and tricks for everything in the world of sales, marketing, and tech. I am one of your hosts, Ryan Sylvester. I'm another one of your hosts, Tim Stavrisky. And I'm the other host, Kelsey Miller. (laughs) Wait, the the other. The The other. other. So definitive. Wow. (laughs) Anyway, today marks a historic occasion. Today is the end of season two and the end of the stack for now. For now. Indefinite hiatus. Indefinite hiatus. We are going to be talking about some of the things that we went over in the past year. And it is also New Year's Eve today. Happy New Year. So a great day to reflect. I think Sean Henry is also going to be joining us in the studio. And I think we're going to be sharing a mic. Oh, and he brought champagne. Wow. It's actually Prosecco. Oh, sorry. So not from the Um, region of France that we all know and love for champagne. Um, but yeah, I think uh, an indefinite hiatus is a, a good way to position it, just like number hiatus number one when we transitioned from Facebook Live over to podcasting. For now, we're going to say goodbye to the stack, but who knows where things might come. We don't know. That's what I miss. So- oh, Sean, we didn't tell you? We're killing the stack. <laughs> yeah, so the stack is ending, sadly. For a short amount of time, hopefully, we can bring it back and revive it like we did, just like Tim said. But we are going to be just kind of going over, reviewing some of the big things that we did or went over this year in the news, like Evergreen Googlebot, Google I.O., HubSpot, Inbound, um, and some of the things that we think are going to be impacting 2020 whilst drinking champagne. And I'm, I'm actually going to put uh, $5 down on... Who loses an eye when this cork pops? Oh, no. It's going to be me. I, I feel oh, like it's oh, going to be me. <laughs> no, don't no, shake, don't it. shake no. it. This don't is shake expensive it. equipment. <laughs> Jesus. I've seen, I've seen someone, I, got, I saw someone get a cork to the, uh, the this neck. Yeah, jugular? That shook the whole table. That was pretty impressive. I was impressed with that. I've never opened champagne and not spilled really? some. Really? Yeah, yeah. The photographers at my wedding made me open two bottles. I know, I saw. Oh, yeah, it was very was waste- It was very wasteful. Yes, it was. But they wanted it for the pictures. That's all that matters. I don't object. No, no. Do not object. This is when I really wish we had video. I've never drank anything before in my life, Sean, as you know, so maybe I shouldn't. Is this the finest Stop and Shop had to offer? That is the finest that Cheshire Wine and Spirits had to Ooh. offer. Oh. And by finest, I mean it was $15. So... Tim. Which was actually their top of the line. <laughs> yeah, I don't even know yeah. how much champagne is normally. Anyways, Tim, what was your most favoritest and biggest impact news story of the year? Oh, way to put me on the spot, Ryan. Um, oh, well, yeah, cheers. cheers. R.I.P. Um, the stack. R.I.P. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> I think, oh, that does not go with coffee. Um, I think my uh, the most impactful news I heard uh, over the course of the year was when I walked into the office today and was told that the stack is dying. That is very true. That was. I am going to take your time and say that Evergreen Googlebot was the yeah. biggest improvement in the world of search for the year. Sean, do would you disagree on that? You can steal my mic if you want to. I haven't really thought about this. 
I, right? See, he puts us all of us on the spot. Yeah, I didn't prepare. So in the stack, we talk a lot about, um, you know, developments that impact marketers. We tend to focus a lot on updates that have happened with search. It's because we do a lot of SEO work. Um, but we also focus on like new features and functionality and integrations with all the different, you know, apps and tools that we use. So I've got a few different thoughts in those buckets in terms of search. Let me get back to you on that. What I think <laughs> the biggest one is in terms of, uh, updates, I've been blown away by how many cool new features that HubSpot's added over the past year. Yeah. yeah. And there's no one particular thing, but they've, um, I think they've really stepped it up and added a lot of cool features. So if you want to go back and see some of those key takeaways, I might go back to one of the episodes we did right after inbound. Cause I think we focus yeah. heavily on that. Mm hmm. I'll get back to any of the others. I don't know. What about a favorite app? I'll go first. Oh, actually. Oh, okay. I guess you have something to say. Go ahead. So this one, um, I, I don't know that it's, I don't know that we've seen the the impacts yet, but the new, the the BERT update by, uh, don't make me remember the algorithm, the, the, the acronym. It, I feel like given another couple of months, given a year, we're going to see some more impacts from that. Just the natural language processing component of it, um, especially with so much more voice search, uh, you know, through smart devices, through our phones, through, through everything. I think it's going to be felt for years to come. That's cool. Not sure how, yeah. but yeah, I, I think but we'll it'll see. be pretty impactful. Yeah. Favorite app. I would say we, I've actually used it quite a bit now is Descript. And yep. we connected with them on Twitter uh, back and forth a little bit, but it's a really cool tool. And we talk a lot about podcasting. I have written a few blog posts on our blog about podcasting. And I think it's a great tool for anyone that has people in their team that like to use um a lot. And that's primarily what we used it for to remove all the ums. I'm not even looking at you, Tim. Brian is making Kelsey. direct eye contact yeah. with me. Kelsey was- notice, notice though, he said it after the person who just said um like four times in the Did I? No, no me. Oh, you know, <laughs> in a two sentence. Uh, yeah. Anyways, uh, so what it, it does, it's tr it transcribes your podcast episode. You're able to go back and see maybe you messed up or maybe you wanted to cut out a sentence that you, you know, wrongfully said or someone is saying a bunch of ums all over the place and you need to go in and find them all and remove them. So I think it's a really cool tool for early on podcasters. Especially, well, you just said it, early on podcasters. Yeah. <laughs> yes. I was going to say beginners, but yeah. 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 I'm curious to approach it this way. Like what, what app or tool have you found yourself using a lot this year that you weren't using year before? I personally, because I, I run a, a website on my own, I, I personally I have been <laughs> using, uh, I'm, I'm, sh I'm still shocked by how much better my personal site is performing just because of uh, enabling WebP Express. Uh, it was, yeah. for me, that was a big pain point. I'm not a developer. I personally am not going to be able to go in there and make big systematic changes, but that simple plugin dramatically improved my load, my page load speed. And just What did it do, Tim? What do you mean, what did it do? What did the plugin do? Um, well, it did a couple of things because it, it wasn't, I enabled a, a lot of the features. It wasn't just serving images in WebP Express format. It was also, it also, I believe it was the same app, unless I'm getting confused, but it also um, minified JavaScript, CSS, and HTML. 
could be auto optimized too, which I think it could. Mentioned. I I might be thinking of auto optimized. I, I played around with with both of them, and I'm forgetting which one I ultimately settled on. I also it also uh, Google fonts serving Google fonts something with font with fonts was yeah. a, was a big thing for my site too. It was really helpful on that front. Again, just because I'm I am not a technical guru like Sean and Ryan. For me, I tend to work with speed primarily right? yeah you're, you're yeah focus on you're focused on speed enhancement it was a big pain the point collective thing, yeah right that's cool yeah makes sense kelsey what about you well i can come back to you <laughs> no that's okay i think something that i've been using more frequently lately is uh i've been using buzzsumo for questions and keyword research a lot more that's cool to kind of get a better idea of even though certain keywords are maybe uh they have higher search volume the questions surrounding them can be a little bit different than you might think. Uh, so that's something that I've been dabbling with. Here Have you there. been a fan of their redesign? I wasn't too familiar with it before the redesign, okay, so, so I can't really say. You know. I've struggled with that. Okay. Yeah, I've yeah. used it less since they've overhauled it all, but all right, yeah. cool to hear you're getting value out of it. I like it a lot. What about you, Sean? I've, Ryan and I are swapping microphones back and forth, so if there's a weird period in between, that's why. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Friday, we should have done this on Friday. Um, so this is something that I think the the typical marketer wouldn't want to use, but something that I use almost on a daily basis is a tool called a tool called Sightbulb, and I think I first started using it a little over a year ago, um, but it is without a doubt my my favorite tools because I get so deep into the weeds with uh, some of the larger sites that we work on um, to really tackle and identify some of the more technical aspects of the site. Um, so that'd be one. The other that I've forced myself to really understand better and leverage more is um, developer tools in Chrome. Um, so it's something we all have access to, but that could be incredibly powerful for um, you know diagnosing like performance issues and um, getting websites to to function better, so that's been a favorite of mine over the the past year. Oh yeah, and I just remembered they I completely forgot Google revamped the Lighthouse tool, the Lighthouse audit um, earlier this year. It already feels impossible that that hasn't al yeah. already or always been sort of baked in. Not to mention, well, we can like we've talked about Google and like some of our other tools, but HubSpot also a huge tool for us plenty of enhancements one of my favorites i think is pretty specific to workflows and it's bringing after you split an if then branch bringing it back together i think is a huge step in the right direction that was fairly recent right it's pretty that recent was, yeah was i think that was ago? yeah something like that i'm so. forgetting what they're calling that i can't remember but either way really helpful keeping them clean additionally uh rolling a lot of things down like they normally do they, they trickle a lot of the new updates and new features down to the you know the I, what are they calling it, it now well it's from enterprise down through <laughs> hubspot this year they they added uh free email for yeah free right yeah free well i i think yeah. it's just like auto, was it was oh, it yeah. just auto response or is it no free free email um on i think they call it free hubspot marketing free mm -hmm. i think they also have added landing pages yeah, I think so. It's definitely in starter now, but um, yeah, just the amount of stuff that's available on the free version of HubSpot now is pretty mind blowing. And then for fifty bucks, you can get quite a bit more. And then for the like for enterprise, they just they just doubled the number of workflows you can have. They just uh, rolled out something else. Yeah, yeah. 
Yeah, there, uh, it's like I think they doubled it from 100 to 200 or something like that. There, there was a limit. They, they essentially doubled the capacity there. Here's a fun question: What article, blog post, video, whatever it was, did you find most useful this year? Highest impact? Yeah, go for it, Ryan. So this one, and this is probably just because it's the most recent in my head, but the most helpful is the there's an imp- implementation guide for Google Optimize, which I had yes. struggled with a little bit. Kelsey and I had kind of yes. tag teamed that project. <laughs> Anyways, uh, there was a really cool, and it's actually the Google blog. There are a couple other spinoff that aren't fr- directly from Google, but that, that give you a really cool, easy breakdown of how to implement it. Really cool tool and really powerful. So I don't think we talked about that in the past weeks. I'm not sure. Google Optimize is definitely up. cool. I'll write a blog post about it eventually. Yeah. I This is a hard question because I read so many articles. I don't know that very many specifically stick in my brain, but one that I can distinctly remember just because it it got the wheels turning a bit for me was an article that I read on the HubSpot blog. It was like sort of like a case study along the lines of um, how how we how we multiplied our traffic from Google image search by 10 times over the course of a year or something like that. And it was just really interesting. And it was something that I took away a lot of insights from. Mm-hmm. Um, I not that it's anything I've you know directly spun into anything um, personally, but it was it was pretty interesting. It's cool. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Kelsey anything jump out for you? Not one specific, uh, but I've just, I've done a lot of learning this year through, like you, like Brian mentioned, uh, the Google blog through just understanding what all of this means and how it all works has been a big part of, uh, learning what that strategy really should be, uh, from the ground up. I've, uh, really gotten into, uh, the developers site that Google has. It's like, I think dev.google.com. Yeah, I mean, just so much good stuff in there, and I think everybody should spend some time at least understanding some of the technical stuff behind the web. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that documentation does a nice job. It's been especially helpful in um, bridging a conversation between a non-technical marketer and a developer, and I think that's, you know, 10 years ago, the big problem was uh, getting marketers to talk to their sales counterparts. Now I think it's getting marketers to deal with developers, you know, people who know code, um, and collaborating better. So I think that type of documentation is really, really helpful for doing that. Um, both for the more technical, say dev type people to understand marketers needs and marketers to learn how to speak to developers. So that all, anything on that site, I think is worth a read. Um, if you fall into those categories in terms of like specific content that has stood out to me, other than that site and that type of documentation in general, I've noticed this is more an observation um, that I've stopped reading. Really? I don't learn from reading anymore. Like there may be something very nuanced, but I'd say 90% of text out there is just fluff. It doesn't need to be there. Um, and I could usually get, learn something much faster and, and find out what I need to find out by either uh, listening to somebody speak or um watching them do something. So YouTube in particular is the primary way that I learn now. 
That's a valid point. I'd everything. have to agree with you there. See, the thing is, you know what's terrible is if I go on YouTube to, to learn something, I don't put on headphones and listen. I, I'll i turn on subtitles and just I'll still just read it. <laughs> <laughs> well, so there's, but why, what led you to YouTube to do that search? I couldn't find anything anywhere else. Okay. That, so that could be, that's, that's fair. Yeah. Um, I just, per, I, I know I personally just prefer to read yeah. content to learn. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> I went home during lunch to, um, plug it. I ordered a charger for my son's, um, power wheel and, uh, turns out there's two different batteries. I found out via YouTube. Um, but I couldn't figure out how to plug the charger in. So my immediate thing was to pull up YouTube and see how other people have charged their power wheels. And that's how I, that's how I solve problems now. Um, 100% of what I learn is through YouTube and occasionally through podcasts. Podcast is like sort of passive learning. Right. But if I have an immediate need, I, I tend to go to YouTube first. It's just interesting. Observation. Um, anything else jump out at you guys? Uh, kind of thinking about what's changed from 2019 as opposed to 2018. It's okay if, if nothing. Yeah. Well, I remember, so I remember last year, a big part of how we were ending the year, you know, it was right around December was when Google was making that big push towards uh, the searcher's journey. And yeah. like that was, that was what they were saying. The big focus for, for search is going to be in, in 2019. And it, it has been interesting to see that so seamlessly sort of mm. come into fruition. I think it's just because it was obvious and that's mm. what had to happen, but it mm. has been interesting to see. And again, it's just weird. One of those weird things where it's hard to believe it ha- hasn't always been like that. Yeah. In just a year's time. I don't know if this is me just becoming more comfortable with stuff, but I think the the big change for me this year is uh, it's sort of weird to me if you if you don't have a podcast or if you don't do video. Yeah. I think that is like the baseline, like that's what you should be doing. And if you're not doing that, if you haven't found a good use for that, you're, you've got blinders on. I, I think every business, every organization can be having a conversation with their customers, their buyers, their audience, whatever it might be through those formats. And if they're not doing it, they're, they're missing out. They're neglecting a large percentage of who they should be communicating with. And that wasn't really true in my mind, at least a year ago. I think it was still okay if you hadn't caught up at this point, but right now I think it's weird if you haven't at least started to plan for it. Do you guys agree? Disagree? I would definitely agree with that. I think for me, more video than podcasting. Yeah. Um, but it's definitely catching up. Well, I'll shut up now. Here you go, Ryan. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Ryan's here. Hey, I don't really have much else to reflect on, though. I, I think that's a good point. And to piggyback off of something you said a couple minutes ago, the YouTube stuff, I any kind of instructional step-by-step stuff, I find myself really going to YouTube. Like, I needed to replace a headlight the other day. YouTube. Like, I need to frame my basement eventually. And I've I've been researching it. See, that's because you haven't discovered phone books. To call book? a mechanic and to call, <laughs> and to call a carpenter. I don't think anyone's had a phone book for ever. Anyways, um, no, but I, I, I think step by step stuff. I find myself on YouTube, but I would agree with Tim. The more in depth, I'm probably reading because I think people are getting really good at creating custom graphics, creating you know short gifs or even short videos within a blog post, and having that supplemental information is is where I get the value, but that's really all I have. Anything else before we biggest personal uh, accomplishment for the year? Mm, I 
learned how to optimize a bunch of CSS and learned a lot more about JavaScript and code in general than I did in the previous year. And, and mm -hmm. you got married. Well, I thought we were talking about... <laughs> oh, <wow. laughs> I thought we were talking about professional, but yeah, first I got married and bought a house. That was my, that was my personal. That's where I thought you were yeah. going to go. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry. No, I mean, this is a marketing podcast. Yeah. That's true. That is true. I'm going personal. Paid off my student loans. Yay. Congratulations. Pretty, pretty happy about that. Good stuff. My biggest They're thing They're looking is at you, Kelsey. So. Yeah. I joined Pepperland full time. That's right. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> Again, feels like you've always been here. Oh, thanks. <laughs> no, no. I've uh, <laughs> wow. So, um, personal accomplishment professionally is that I feel like I've gotten, I've reacquainted myself with code, and that's been really fun. Um, I've got a long way to go, but that was I remember that was a, a resolution of yours last year. What that you wanted to to get? I love more it. I, I have so much fun. It's frustrating as all hell, but um, when you you figure something out, you learn it. It's yeah. it's like the best feeling in the world. Um, uh, but of course, also welcome to a new baby. Yay. Which is a, a big, big plus. So, <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. All right. So, did I? Don't, I missed the first part of the show, but did you kind of speak to why we're wrapping up the stack? If not, I'll share my. Nope. So we've been doing the stack for a while. Started off um, as a, a live stream um, on Facebook. The idea of it was a, a Facebook live show where we would kind of demo some of the different um, you know tools or apps or whatever it is that we were working on, but also teach people some kind of cool concepts along the way. Um, so how do you integrate this with HubSpot or, uh, how do you use this new plugin on your website? But there was like a, a demo component to that. And I think that original idea was super cool and a good idea, but the technology at the time, Facebook live was really a brand new thing was still sort of lagging. So we had all sorts of issues with that, um, you know, buffering issues, the power would go out, the internet would drop. Um, remember the episode and I don't, this was, that was actually the, the one YouTube episode where we, um, Sat, we were talking super slow mo for some reason, and yeah, yeah, yeah. Weird, weird stuff like that, which is incredibly frustrating when you think about how much time and planning goes into something like that. But it was still, it was a plus in the sense we learned the like pros and cons, all the pitfalls to look out for when producing a live uh, show on Facebook or whatever it might be. Um, picked up some cool new gadgets along the way too, which was a good thing. Um, and then we paused for a while and decided to bring it back as audio only. Um, and while I think that's been a plus and we've definitely gained some listeners and we've got some good feedback, um, I think that just given the subject matter without being able to show people what we're talking about, you lose some of that. Um, we're referencing articles that you have to go on your computer or your phone and, and then read, right? So there's by audio only, although it might be interesting, might give you a few ideas. There's some follow-up that you have to do on your own where the podcast is not going to solve it. So as I think about why the podcast isn't doing what it should do, I think that's it. There's, you sort of need the video component for this show to work right. And we're not ready to, to tackle that piece of it yet. Not to say we might not in the future. Um, separately, we want to try some cool new things. So we have a new podcast studio. Uh, that's where we are. We didn't have that a year ago. Um, we're going to be uh, likely adding some new shows um, that are hosted, uh, produced by Pepperland that are our own. We'll take different formats. They may be similar to what the stack is today. They might be totally different. Um, but we'll have uh, some of our clients, other guests producing shows from the podcast studio. So it's just time to, to try some new things and, and see where that leads us. So there will be more uh, from Pepperland. Uh, you'll hopefully hear from all of us in some form or of another. But will it be the stack? Probably not. 
So this is probably the last stack show you'll ever listen to ever. What say you? Uh, well, Sean, <laughs> I'm upset about it. I'm not really that upset. I mean, I, it, it's fun to do. I enjoy doing it. I think it's a cool way to connect with people like we've said a million times. Um, but I am excited uh, to maybe take a step back. I look forward to taking on the uh, producer role, if I can even call it that. I, I'd, I'd like to help others produce some shows and, and talk to their customers and, and, you know, it'll be fun. For me, I'm a little, I'm, I'm a little more skeptical of Sean's definitive answer that this is, will be the last episode of the stack yeah. purely because, purely because we once took the sack out behind the barn and shot it in the head. And, Whoa, it, that was you know, like a, <laughs> like a zombie lassie, it, it came back. It refused to die, and I just when if you if you lived through one traumatic experience like that, you can live through another. You can live through another, and I'm just I'm I'm not I'm not ready to say that this is the absolute last episode. But if it is, we it had a good do. run. Yeah, I had a good run, and I'm really excited for the road ahead. Yeah, so me too. All right. Well, oh, sorry, taking the mic away from Ryan. I, I will say when when we will. Um, we will issue another episode just kind of talking about definitively what comes next. Um, we're still bouncing around a few different ideas, so stay tuned. Uh, stay subscribed so you can find out what that is, but uh, that'll be the the next thing published under the stack, just so you know what uh, what we're working on. I can't wait to have a fourth mic. <laughs> <laughs> uh, all right, if you guys have anything else to say, I guess we could say goodbye. Yeah, play the outro. All right. (laughs) We will talk to you guys some other time, some other way. 